Welcome back to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast where we get down to the nitty gritty of what actually happens during and after a cancer diagnosis. Hosted by me, Madison Pollock. And me, Paige Gill. Today's guest is Rob Johnson, who works in biotech and was diagnosed with melanoma nine years ago. He's had no evidence of disease for one year and four months. We are so excited to talk to him today and learn more about his story and immunotherapy. Hey, Rob, welcome. Hi, thank you for having me. Of course, we're so excited. Uh, I know you've been free of cancer for one year and four months officially, and I know you're doing a little bit of immunotherapy treatment. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure, yeah, immunotherapy has been an interesting experience, and I know it's a little bit different from uh, what you guys had uh, Mm -hmm. with traditional chemo, right? Yeah. Mm Yeah, with with immunotherapy, it was it was interesting because I didn't have any of the hair falling out side effects. Mm. Um, it's not a chemo chemical drug; it's a mm. biological drug, which the companies actually make an antibody that turns on your immune system. From my understanding, it it helps my immune system kind of like ramp up into like high gear and also target specific cancer markers. Okay. So it kind of like wow. turns on my immune system and then also has it target specific things. So it can be yeah. kind of specialized. Cause yeah, that's great that we have you here today to kind of go fully in depth and have someone who actually understands what it's doing. Because the only thing I was ever told with immunotherapy is that it's good cells fighting the bad or some kind of description of that. Whereas chemotherapy was just killing everything inside your body. So I, I guess in terms of that, did you feel significant side effects with it? Yeah. So I didn't have kind of like the nausea and extreme uh, lethargic feeling that, that a lot of, I think traditional chemo patients feel, Mm -hmm. um, but I did have intense burning sensation of, of my skin. Mm, and wow. that's something I've read is a pretty common one with the, with the two treatments that I had. Um, I had your boy in 2015. Mm. And then in 2018, I started a your boy Optivo combo. So I did a combo of, I think it was four treatments of both. And then I went to just Optivo and I'm still on that, and I will be finishing it uh, by the end of this year. Oh, wow. That's great. Exciting. Yeah. yeah. And Very so the, to answer your question about the, about the side effects, the first year in 2015, when I took it, I just kind of had my, my chest and my back kind of would like flare up when I'd work out, yeah. a little mm-hmm. bit of kind of like itchy burning feeling. And that wasn't that bad. But the second time I took it, when I did the combo, drug for both of them Mm. about three months into the treatment I started having skin burning all all over my body um yeah which was very uncomfortable Mm. and it would be specifically the worst on my hands and my feet um which is yeah which which really sucks because you kind of use your hands and feet every day Oh, so yeah. Using them, it kind of like triggers it to happen more. Um, Does it feel so, like a sunburn? 
or kind like of, it's on I fire. Guess, yeah, it was really, <laughs> it's kind of hard to describe. Um, it kind of like felt like kind of like pins and needles. Oh. Uh, yeah, Ugh. in combination with maybe a bit of like a sort of like a burning sensation. But yeah, it wasn't fun at all. Um, but on the flips, I mean, even though the, the second time I did it was so bad, mm-hmm. my cancer has completely gone away since I started that treatment. Yeah. So it was, it, it was doing its job then as, it, as yeah, far as you were it, concerned. Yeah. And that's most important. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, Maybe let's back up. So for context, Rob and I know each other mm-hmm. from our uh, support group, which is amazing. And he has an amazing story. So Maybe let's start from the beginning, Rob, as to, you know, how you first were diagnosed with melanoma. Sure. Yeah. Back in uh, 2009 was my first initial diagnosis. And I just had a mole that looked kind of weird on my back. And it started kind of like changing, like shape, kind of changing color a little bit. I wasn't really like, it was straight in the middle of my back. So I wasn't really paying a lot of attention to it. Um, and then until I started feeling it kind of like itching and then I was like, started looking at it in the mirror and I was like, this looks kind of weird. Um, but I didn't really think much of it until like one day I was kind of like itching it and it, uh, with like a towel and then it like, and it started bleeding and I was like, okay, this is not good. I don't know what's going on, but I need to go and talk to a doctor about it. Mm -hmm. So I went to my dermatologist and he basically was saying like, oh yeah, it's probably some like benign thing. Like, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll cut it off and we'll send it off to a lab just to, just to see what it is. Mm-hmm. And then uh, within a week or, or two weeks, they called me on my birthday mm-hmm. and basically said, you have melanoma. We're getting you in surgery within like a week. And wow. Yeah. Happy birthday so, to you, Rob. I know, right? <laughs> Yeah, I took the terrible I took the, timing. I remember, yeah, I remember taking the day off of uh, off of college for that. I was like, I I'm not going to school today. Yeah, yeah. and you were how old were you? Oh, you were in yeah. college. That was uh, that was when I was 22. I okay. turned 22. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, prime time for like hanging out with friends and just trying to be a regular kid. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It was definitely a major shakeup in my life. But yeah, so I got my, uh, I had my surgery. They did a wide excision. They took about uh, four inch long, about a cut that was like about four inches long in diameter and uh, about, I think like five or four centimeters deep. And um, that's really big. Yeah. Yeah. It was a pretty big cut, but they wanted, they said it was like, it was sort of deep. So they wanted to make sure they got everything. And Mm -hmm. after they cut it out, they, they tested everything and they, it all showed back negative. Um, They tested my lymph nodes on both sides of my body and my armpits to make sure that, you know, there was no evidence of it spreading or anything like that. And um, Mm -hmm. and we also did a PET CT scan and everything showed up negative. So at that point, we kind of just decided that, well, it looks like there isn't really anything that we need to do at this point. And my only option at that point was to do traditional uh, the chemo that you guys did. And they mm-hmm. said that that also wasn't very effective for melanoma. Um, mm-hmm. So they don't okay. usually do that with melanoma. Um, and so I kind of just opted just to go with it, cause it or, or just to not do any treatment since I thought that right. we just got it all. Right. Yeah. And 
Are there other skin cancers besides melanoma? Yeah, I don't know all the names, but I think there's like a sarcoma and... Like, is melanoma, because yeah, I feel like I've heard of others. Is melanoma kind of the most intense one? Yeah, so melanoma is kind of like the the big bad skin cancer that you don't want. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of the common (laughs) skin cancers that people get, they'll get like on their face or in a place they have like a lot of sun exposure. Mm -hmm. Most of it is not that bad. And, right. you know, the doctor can can tell by, you know, the way it either looks or or by lab results. And usually it's not that bad. But melanoma is an extremely aggressive cancer that can spread really fast. Wow. Um, I, I see. I know a couple of people that have passed away from melanoma myself. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Terrible. And what, yeah, if you can continue, like, the timeline, I guess, I know that sure. you've told me it before, but I just, it's amazing hearing what you've gone through in your journey. Yeah. Yeah. So after my initial diagnosis, I was no evidence of disease, thought cancer free for about six years. And then in 2015, it came back as this uh, kind of weird little pea-sized bump on my left calf. And Mm -hmm. I I just kind of thought it was just some like weird muscle thing. I don't know if it was like some weird muscle spasm or like some weird thing. And I had like no idea what it was. So I was like, I really wasn't that concerned about it. But within like a week or two, I like could tell it was growing. And Mm -hmm. um, so immediately I like went to the doctor, uh, my dermatologist again. And they said, yeah, it's probably nothing like, you know, we don't, it's completely unrelated to the area that it was before. Like, you know, we, we're not really mm-hmm. concerned about it, but because of your history, let's just go in and cut it all out. And right. yeah, so I had a surgery where they, they went in and they, they cut it out and they even took mm-hmm. out a little bit of the, I think he said it went all the way down to the muscle, the, the tumor they found. Wow. Yeah. So then he cut out even a little bit of the muscle just to make sure that everything, and it was like a slight, mm-hmm. slight shaving just to make mm-hmm. sure that they had everything and went and got it tested and it came back as the same melanoma. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So at that point, mm-hmm. it looked like we had gotten everything. I did another sentinel node biopsy in the, in my leg and that came back negative, but they went ahead and decided, or they were kind of recommending at that point, you know, we should do some sort of treatment. And I agreed. I was like, okay, yeah, this is kind of like spread a little bit we should we should definitely mm-hmm. get on yeah some aggressive treatment right yeah and so that's when I started your boy at that time in 2015 and I think your boy came out in 2012 is when it was discovered mm-hmm. or when it was released and yeah that so that new form of immunotherapy was was brand new but had extremely promising results um, mm-hmm. for melanoma patients that actually, you know, in the past didn't really have that many good options to go for. So was that immunotherapy more successful in their eyes than just like traditional chemo? For melanoma, yes, because yeah. chemo apparently didn't seem to always work very well with melanoma. Right. But, right. but this uh, your boy immunotherapy treatment was working a lot better, it had better results. Okay. Yeah. So I went on that and I did that for, I think maybe a year ish, but then I had a, a second one that came back on my, on my chest and I went in and got an, a PET CT scan and 
my, and it showed that there was a little something in my right mm -hmm. armpit lymph node as well. Something kind of lit up in the PET CT scan. So they decided to stop that therapy because something had, you know, still kind of spread at that time and right. go for rest. I do have a question. Go ahead. I, so how did it go from your back to your leg? I know. To it's your just, chest. <laughs> right? Like, this thing won't stand still. Yeah. Yeah. And you're getting, that's so crazy. Cause, cause you were getting scans throughout this whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think this just kind of shows like how unpredictable melanoma yeah. can be mm -hmm. and how, how just kind of how scary it is. Yeah. And yeah, you're, I kind of, yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, it's like your body. I have like an image. Your body is playing whack-a-mole with you where you're knocking exactly. it one way and it's like coming yeah. out the other. Yeah. And, and I kind of contribute my kind of like lifelong healthy lifestyle. I think that's kind of like helped to keep it really down as low as it has been. Um, mm -hmm. So I've always been a very yeah. active person. I, you know, I grew up vegetarian with my, with my parents and you know, I started mm -hmm. started eating some meat in, the, in my 20s, but but I still was like had a mostly vegetarian and very active yeah, lifestyle. Right. So I think that sort of helped. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. sure. And you even said you gave up drinking, right? You, now that yeah. there's some big changes that you've made ever since just to try and minimize it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah. I was I was definitely drinking a bit too much in my in my early 20s. <laughs> But then no, no worries there. Yeah. <laughs> As I sip on a glass of wine right now. <laughs> yeah. So in, in 2015, I basically just gave up drinking for anything more than one or two drinks. That was kind of like my, mm -hmm. my limit that I put on myself. It's like, you can go out, right. have a good time with your friends, but just one or two drinks max. Yeah, that's fair. To at least feel like you can be social in that aspect, exactly. not completely cut off from everybody. Yeah. Another question I had for both of you actually was in terms of support groups, I love the fact that you guys met each other there. And I know that I was offered to join a support group when I was in the middle of chemo treatment. And even after, I think for me, I was a little scared to go for it because I didn't want to feel sicker, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But I kind of regret it. And this is my support group now, I'll say. Yeah, exactly. So I guess it's it comes up and at some point whenever it's meant to be. But where did that help you guys in terms of your mindset and feeling connected to others and not feeling alone? Yeah, it was such a big help for sure for me. Um, it was like life changing. We are, I just, I started right before my first treatment. So my mom found it. She was basically like, you have to join this support group. And I didn't even really question it. I was like, okay, like yep. no one else is going to understand <laughs> what I'm going through. And it, yeah. it's a young adult support group. So it was 18 to like mid forties. Mm -hmm. um, Perfect. And yeah, so it was really nice. And, and the first time I went, like everyone was just so welcoming. Everyone was in remission. So it was like a very hopeful, mm -hmm. really like promising place to be. And they were giving, they just gave such great advice of like what to expect both mentally and physically. Mm -hmm. When I lost my hair, someone gave me, or a bunch of people gave me like 
um, headbands and like things to wear on my head. And it was just like such a comforting so place knowing people can actually understand what you're going through. A hundred percent. Cause yeah, I, totally I think, agree. I think it's hard obviously for people who aren't going through it. They, the common things to say, I mean, I know that if I were to see someone going through it and I never experienced losing my hair or, you know, some of the side effects, mm-hmm. you just kind of say, it's okay, it'll grow back or, yeah, exactly. you know, just it's temporary. But when you're in that moment, you just want to hear just like our title, you know what, it just kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, yeah. it just sucks. <laughs> it just sucks. It's it fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> a short of. Yeah, I had the same experience as you, Paige. I, um, when I was initially diagnosed and that, that first after that initial surgery, I didn't go to any support or anything. I just kind of just kept on trucking on. I was like, I was in my, the middle of five different classes, labs and biology and like all kinds of, you know, it was doing like science stuff. And I was just too in the mode. I just need to get on with my life. And Mm -hmm. so I wasn't really looking for any like outside help. Um, And then in 2015, when it came back, basically all the way up to the end of 2018, even though I was dealing with recurrences and I was dealing with more surgeries and treatments and stuff, mm-hmm. I kind of mostly just dealt with it myself and right. had, had support from my family, but I never really had anybody that I could really relate to with it. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people that would talk to me about it, which was great, but I couldn't like really have that understanding or that, or relate to somebody with it. And it wasn't until I had that I knew I was going in for, I had a seizure and I knew I was going in for brain surgery. That's when I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not able to handle this anymore. I need to get support. And I talked to my doctor about it. She recommended the same place that Madison went to. And it, Mm -hmm. it is a wonderful atmosphere. Just having somebody there Mm -hmm. that you can understand what they're going through they understand what you're going through you guys laugh and joke and you know cry about all these issues that that mm-hmm. are so daunting to an individual person but when you have that community yeah. support you have somebody you can relate to it feels like i think almost just a little bit less of a burden if they're carrying right. your shoulders mm-hmm. right yeah you're not alone yeah. in it yeah yeah well for sure I'm gonna be right back and go sign up for a support group it is amazing no I definitely I definitely am glad you guys told me about your experiences because I think I needed to hear that that yeah. it it's positive it's not going to make you feel even worse yeah. about it and make you dwell on it it'll yeah bring yeah. you out of it I think that I think that's a really common feeling because like I do know when I moved back to Austin and I was looking for a support group there I called around and one of them was like well I don't know if this would be a good fit for you because it's a terminal group like everyone has terminal Mm -hmm. illnesses I'm like yeah Yeah. that would really not help my anxiety right now yeah (laughs) yeah for sure yeah as you're going through like recovery yeah yeah, as I'm like really anxious that it's going to come back. Um, I don't really want yeah. to hear their stories. <laughs> 100%. Like, I'm so sorry, but I can't. <laughs> yeah, that would be very difficult. Yeah. And yeah. I know you said, Rob, how many times did you, I guess, have to go through? Oh my gosh, it's back. I know we've we've gone over it, but if you can 
say it again. I mean, I just think you're so strong and you're really so positive. And I want others out there to kind of see what you've been through and how you've gone through it. Yeah, I try to think back with with each recurrence. I mean, there is definitely that initial scare of like, okay, here we go again. And mm -hmm. kind of you get in that sort of like, if you guys might relate to this, you kind of get in that sort of fight or flight mode where you're just yeah. like, okay, I'm just going to be in this, in this battle. Let's just go through it, you know? Oh, yeah. And, totally. Yeah. <laughs> survival mode. Yeah, exactly. You get into survival mode. And then afterwards, you know, especially after my first um, recurrence my and my second reoccurrence, I just started looking for ways to get my mind off of it. And the main things mm -hmm. that I did was I would go to yoga. I started mm -hmm. meditation. Yeah. And I've always been, a, I've been a, like a surfer for the last about 17 years. So just oh, going wow. to do things that really just helped get your mind off of it mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, just live your life despite, you know, these life changing moments, you know, you, you can still right. live a normal ish life if you kind of just do the best that you can within your own world for sure right yeah, yeah. try That's to just true. distract and focus on focus on other things yeah for sure and also through meditation and um especially through through group therapy and i did some like zen reading and stuff like that but just mm -hmm. learning to accept what is and mm -hmm. to kind of like not dwell on the future but more just like live in the moment and right. just keep on keep on pushing forward one day at a time. I was able to kind of just really just enjoy life. And I just never mm -hmm. really dwelled on what was going to happen or what could happen. Cause my mindset was always like, well, just whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And mm -hmm. I'm just going to do the best that I can to live as healthy as I can and enjoy my life. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, truly it is. It's so hard to be yeah. able to practice that, but the fact that you did is remarkable. And yeah, I, I always go back to, like you mentioned, fight or flight mode. Can you describe mm -hmm. exactly what that is? Sure. Yeah. I mean, from my understanding, from like reading about it, is <laughs> the technical aspect of it is like. Yeah, you know, that's why I ask you, because I know you're going to give yeah. us the science, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, you know, like say a bear is going to attack you in the woods. It's like, you know, you're either going to have to like, you know, into a fight I'm going to fight whatever's attacking me or I'm going to run away and so you get that mm -hmm. pump of adrenaline and you get that sort of like sustained feeling of like you know okay I'm in this battle and I kind of think when we have a diagnosis like this our brain kind of goes into that constant loop of this fight or flight of okay we're in this right now we have to we have to find the next solution or do the next right. thing you know we're always constantly thinking of what could happen or what, you know, what is going on right now? What's going to happen in the future to me? That worry, mm -hmm. I think, brings on that fight or flight and keeps you yeah. in that stressful state. And mm -hmm. so I really found for me that doing yoga and sort of what I used to call like active meditation, just mm -hmm. things that get my mind off of what I was dwelling on would help oh, me okay. to kind of get out of that state and then move move forward and then I kind of just learned how to focus on the positive and this was tr through trial and error I definitely had plenty right. of depressing 
moments. Yeah. But through trial and error, I learned how to just focus on the positive and keep on moving forward. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that, yeah, does that answer your question? <laughs> yeah, no, it does. I think we always hear that term and I just kind of wanted feel like you're, like I said, a perfect person because you just kind of get down to the technical terms of describing things, which I oh, really love. Um, so yeah, what no, that described it person. Sorry, I, I threw it back on you. Yeah, no, you? that's that's what we're here for. <laughs> I totally agree with you, Rob, that I felt the same way where um, it was weird in the sense that I'm a worrier by nature. I stress mm-hmm. about everything on a daily basis. So I'm always in worry mode. So when it was cancer and you're hit into that fight or flight mode, I noticed that all my other worries settled down and kind of withered away because Mm -hmm. you have this insane worry, which you have no real control over. So everything Mm -hmm. kind of fizzles. And mm-hmm. it yeah. was kind of a nice feeling. However <laughs> yeah. weird that sounds, yeah, I just, yeah. right? You guys kind of get what, where I'm going with this. I described this to some of the other day and they were like, Paige, you're absolutely psycho. You're saying that you preferred <laughs> having cancer over worrying about your silly yeah. things on a daily basis. And I'm like, not that I obviously choose and want to have that, but yeah. it kind of did make me feel more relaxed because you're like okay you're hit with this huge shit show and they're like okay I don't really have control but to go to treatment and kind of let the Mm -hmm. doctors do what they will and let your body do what it will and you just kind of sit there and stand back and watch the show and let whatever is going to be be and it kind of gives you some uh some perspective on like yeah Oh yeah. yeah, for sure. On the little, on the little things you're worrying about. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like what those did things you feel really matter so much anymore when you're dealing yeah. with this huge, <laughs> yeah, huge thing. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I felt the same. Like right when I was diagnosed, I was just like, "All right, what do we have to do? Like, let's fucking do it." And mm-hmm. I'm getting this over with. Mm-hmm. But then after was when I really struggled. So after treatment was done. Oh, yeah. then you're left with like oh god what the, now what do i do yeah, yeah. we should never oh, would yeah. think that would happen right like you would think that like yeah, you'd just you would, be like yeah. on cloud nine like just high <laughs> exactly. happy like yeah. you know <laughs> let me do exactly. everything fun that i can live yeah. my life exactly. doing but no yeah you're right yeah everyone yeah. thinks like oh my god you're cancer free like you're gonna go travel and change the world and yeah. it's like no it's like I'm so anxious what is gonna happen next like I'm just waiting for the ball to drop again exactly um that fear that yeah it's really you get a little bit of a PTSD oh my god for sure yeah yeah we talked about the PTSD I remember Rob before um when we were talking earlier yeah PTSD is so real with it oh my god that's crazy and Rob you so um, I want you to tell your story from because it's crazy from 2015 to 2018. Sure. And also, how did you deal with, what did you have four recurrences? Three? Yeah. So I had, um, let me see, I had the recurrence on my leg in 2015. And then I had the recurrence on my chest. 
And mm -hmm. then I had the, the hotspot that kind of showed up in a scan in my lymph node. And then mm -hmm. I started taking this drug called mechanism Tafanar, which was, mm -hmm. uh, was a, a, a chemical chemo. Okay. Which Do you take it intravenously or? That was actually an or, oral one. And okay. Okay. it targeted a mutation that my specific cancer had um, that I was, I was positive for that mutation. It was a, called a BRAF okay. mutation. So it was the BRAF treatment. And so it was a, it was a targeted approach, not a full body systemic chemo. Okay. Okay. So that chemo I was able to take for a year and it did a really good job of just knocking out everything. All my scans came back negative for a while. And um, they said that this, this cancer is really, or this, uh, sorry, this treatment is really aggressive for, mm. for this cancer, but it's kind of stops working after about a year. So, oh. yeah, so I continued that and uh, sort of like clockwork, it's, it worked fantastic wow. for a year. And then kind of by mm -hmm. the end of the year, I actually had a seizure. And mm. then when I had that seizure, I went to the ER and they did a scan and they, they showed that I actually had a tumor inside my brain. And so what I wow. found out later wow. was that the, that drug that I was taking is really good for cancer throughout your body, but it does not pass the blood brain barrier. Oh my God. So was, oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah so right. That That's like what you want to hear. Exactly. The one spot, like <laughs> the most important thing in your body. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. One of the most I important know. things. Oh God. Wow. Terrible. Okay. So yeah, then so what? I, so I had the, I had that seizure. It was just my left leg that just kind of shook, kind of weird. And it was kind of strange. I told you guys earlier that, you know, it, it happened while I was driving, which was super scary. Yeah. Um, it's really scary. Yeah. But luckily I was able to pull over and it didn't progress into a full body seizure. I just called somebody to come pick me up and eventually got to the hospital. And by the time I was in the hospital, my, my leg was shaking, my stomach was shaking and and even my shoulders started to move a little bit um, with mm -hmm. really me having control of it. Yeah. So, but yeah. luckily they got me in there and they got me some medication to, to calm it down. And once I was on medication, I didn't have any, any of the seizure effects. Um, mm. And then they were basically like, okay, we can go in for a brain surgery to remove it, or you can go, you can opt for um, radiation. And so mm. I had like a week where I was in the hospital, kind of just weighing these two choices. And I was like, oh my God. I don't know. I don't really want them to like open up my skull. So I was like, yeah, yeah, let's, just, not... let's just try the lasers first. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which they said yeah. because they shoot it in a bunch of different directions that it, it, it only does damage in the one section where it like all intersects. Okay. So I was like, all right, let's, let's go for that. That sounds not as bad as the first option. So yeah. Yeah. So then I did that and that killed the tumor, but then I ended up having another seizure afterwards because the, it, even so though it scary. killed it, it was still there and it was still putting pressure right. against my uh, central motor cortex on my right side. And so it, it caused another leg seizure on my, on my left side. Wow. 
Were you in the hospital when that happened? No, that was actually about uh, a month. Oh it was about god. a month. Oh, oh my god. So you're like, here we go again. Like, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. So then I went, I went back into the ER. <laughs> they, you know, they got me on some, you know, medication. And um, I was on some, also was on some anti-seizure medication at that time, but then it, you know, I guess it didn't, you know, stop that from happening. So I mm-hmm. talked to, at that point, I was like, okay, you know what, I'm going to LA, I'm going to get like the best doctors I can. And mm-hmm. I went mm-hmm. and got this doctor, Dr. Yu, who was amazing. And he was like a world renowned, like brain surgeon. And he, wow. yeah, him and my oncologist was saying that, yeah, this, this tumor, while it's, you know, it's been killed, but it's still, it's, you're not going to, you're still going to have issues with it, putting pressure inside your brain, unless you get it removed. So then they were like, yeah, we, we should just cut it out. And yeah. So it was still there, but it wasn't like, what does that mean? So like, it was was, killed. Yeah. It was like, so like the tumor cells were killed, Mm -hmm. but like the, the the laser, like the radiation doesn't take it out. It, right oh it doesn't shrink it yeah it just exactly kills right. it. and so, so they were kind of hoping like that like my body would way. kind of start to take it out and stuff it was it would start to like I rid see. Of it, but it was still mm. putting pressure in a bad spot so they were mm. like yeah we need to get this out of you like asap we should have done this from like from the get-go and no uh, but yeah. for you you're like radiation please i'll take one of those over yeah, right someone yeah. cutting you open yeah right so needless to say, I was terrified going into brain surgery yeah. and it good reason. I, yeah, I basically like, you know, said all my love yous and goodbyes to like my family and everything just like, yeah. okay, is this going to be it? You know, big question mark. Right. Um, and then I remember going in, came out, woke up and I was like, I feel fine. You know, so I was like, yeah, so they did a good job. It's amazing. I was sort of stuck like in a bed for a couple months and couldn't go back to work for a while. And that sucked, but it, it actually wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. And Mm -hmm. I ended up having to go back for a second brain surgery, which nobody ever wants to hear because there was a, there was a number one's enough, right? there was a smaller one that was in another location that they, that they couldn't get the first time. And they were kind mm-hmm. of just hoping my, um, the, the, the immunotherapy that I was on would just take care of it. But it, mm-hmm. it, sh- it showed signs that it, it wasn't, it started growing a little bit. So they're like, okay, we just need oh, to go okay. in and take this one out as well. Mm-hmm. So I went in for second brain surgery and um, oh my God. yeah, that was in April. The first one was in October and then my second one was in April. And mm-hmm. so they went in and I was like, you know what? Brain surgery is not that bad. First time was terrifying, <laughs> but you know, the guy did a great job. Like, you know, they know what the they're doing. The story. They're like, yeah, the world renowned <laughs> doctors, you know, yeah. I basically trusted them at that point. I had the same doctor and went in, got it done wasn't that bad and honestly the worst part is just not being able to be active for like a month yeah. afterwards and kind especially of especially for you for a such a yeah. big active guide snowboarding and I mean yeah. surfing sorry was snowboarding in there I I was yeah, like all the s's okay yeah. that's what I thought I <laughs> 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 yeah 
Yeah. It all takes a lot of balance. So yeah, I can yeah. only imagine for you. You're like, I'm ready to just get out there. Yeah, that was my biggest fear coming out of brain surgery was like, am I going to be able to do the things that I love to do? Right. Because I, I had to rehabilitate my left leg after the seizure. It was pretty weak afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, so I had a couple months in like physical therapy, rehabilitating that. But yeah, after, after I was done with the brain surgeries and I was like, and I was like, I think three or four months out of it, they're like, yeah, you can surf if you want to just be super careful and go with people that, wow. you know, you can trust be with you. And yeah. I was back out there surfing. It's amazing. <laughs> and I know that I always want to know, um, what's mm-hmm. the most memorable time you've used your C card? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> um it's funny because I can't think of any like particular moments that is like specifically memorable I've probably Mm -hmm. used it way too much (laughs) but I've been through like all all this stuff and so I think the the funniest thing that I can think of is just my family being like oh here we go again Rob's using the C card and like (laughs) Yeah. They would always be there for me. The they usual now. Me. Yeah, but they're just like they're making fun of me for it. It's just such a good one to you. It is like, a good you, one. You really deserve it, by the way. Uh, yeah, 100%. You. you get to use that C card as much as you want, Rob. Yeah, no yeah, one here is judging you. Yeah, totally. They've always been there for me. So I'm eternally grateful to my family for all the help they've done for me. Oh, yeah that's, that's so great yeah that's huge and how are you feeling now so your can or your surgery was a year and a half ago yeah a year and a half ago and back in April of 2019 and okay. yeah and so I've been cancer free ever since then I've been taking the, the medication that I'm on um, I think about four months ago the side effects of the medication went away so I have no oh, more, you know, great. burning skin feeling, which, which really sucked. Um, yeah. 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 And I kind of started, I think I, my, my job ended back in 20, uh, 2019 in October, I was working mm-hmm. at, at Amgen and I had a, uh, a temp position there. And when mm-hmm. my temp contract ended, I was just like, all right, well, I'm on this medication and I'm recovering from all this stuff. I'm just gonna enjoy you know, being on disability for a while and yeah. you know, kind of use this time to like recuperate. And so, which was really good because it was difficult yeah. at work yeah. with the medication I was on. It was yeah. extremely oh, difficult. I'm sure. And so now that I'm like, I'm done with the side effects and I'm moving on with life and I'm volunteering mm-hmm. more and doing kind of like more work with my, my, my own business that I have. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's, it's been feeling great. I've just been feeling amazing. Just kind of being back out in life and kind of living a more normal life it's it's awesome incredible so happy for you we're so happy for you thank you Um, you. we really really appreciate you coming on and sharing your story yeah Yeah. you're incredible and kudos to you yeah thank you both of you are amazing too everybody has a different experience but we all know how difficult that journey is and even afterwards, right. how much we have to, you know, just keep on fighting. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Thank you. That's true. Right. Well, thank you so much, Rob. It was so wonderful having you. Yes, Thanks, thank Rob. you for having me. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.
Thanks so much for listening to Cancer Actually Fucking Sucks, the podcast that tells the truth about what people with cancer actually experience. Tune in every Monday to hear our stories. Until next time.